Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 26 for Friday 12th November 2010. Connections is cool. Welcome to This Week in Lotus, the weekly roundtable discussion of all things Lotus, social, collaboration, technology and community. We're back for another episode of Chatter about this week's news and as you must be used to by now, I'm joined by by my esteemed co-host Darren Duke. Good morning, Darren. Hello, Stuart. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. Good to speak to you again today. I can't believe it. We're on to episode 26. I know. I got up this morning, I ran out to the front porch and there was no chocolates or flowers <laughs> or anything. Shocking, shocking. Well, I'm not sure we should expect that too much. Maybe I should have sent you some to, to thank you for putting up with me for 26 episodes. It's great to, to have you on board today. I, I was just working out, I think you're the third longest term relationship I have ever had. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's a good thing. Okay, well, once again, we're joined by some experts from around the Lotus community. Um, this week is primarily going to be about connections, since we have a, a pretty big announcement from uh, the connections team this week. Uh, so, first of all, we're joined by Suzanne Livingston. Good morning, Suzanne. Hello, Stuart. How are you? I'm very, very good. Thank you. It's great to speak to you. Um, how, how's things been with you this week? Uh, good, good. Very, um, very busy this week, as you can imagine. We're very excited that we have our announcement. So it's been keeping Mac and I very busy. I can imagine. So what's your role with IBM? I am Senior Product Manager for IBM Social Software, and I have a primary focus on Lotus Connections. Uh, that means I do a lot of work with customers and partners and also analysts and press to uh, help set the direction for the product and we also do a tremendous amount of work with our development and user experience organization to get the product in in the vision that we want it to head in brilliant and what other products besides connections are in that group of social software uh, uh you may be familiar with lotus quicker i am indeed <laughs> so we uh we are all under the umbrella of uh, ibm social software okay great um okay well thanks for joining us this week it's great to have you on uh, we also have mac cadera good morning mac Hey, Stuart. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. So I know you work in Suzanne's team as well. So what particular parts of Connections do you look after? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, while we all kind of look over Connections as a whole, um, I have an interest in um, a lot of our extension points, uh, a lot of the core technologies and Connections, the system requirements, the kind of the back-end API processing, as well as our homepage, blogs, and bookmarks areas. Okay, cracker. That's quite a wide brief. So uh, thanks for taking the time out to join us today. And we also have a third IBM. We have Darren Adams. Good morning, Darren. Hi, Stuart. How are you doing? Yeah, very, very good. Thank you. It's it's great to have you on. Um, so Thank you you, you work in ah, it's tremendous. It, you work in IBM uh, UK. What what's your role there? So I'm the uh, messaging collaboration portfolio uh, leader. So I look after uh, the the sales, uh, partly the, the marketing. Uh, major opportunities, major accounts, and various other bits uh, around the messaging and collaboration products. Brilliant. And you've been with IBM for a good number of years, I think. 
Uh, coming up for 19 years in a couple of weeks, so I was with the original old Lotus organization. Uh, started straight from school, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. <laughs> well, thanks Genius. for Thanks for taking the time out to join us, Darren. It's great to Thanks have you on. Uh, and we also have a business partner. We have Mark Dixon from Applicable. Good morning, Mark. Hey, Stuart. Great to be here. Yeah, it was tremendous to, to have you on the call. So um, what is it that you do for Applicable? And do you want to tell us a bit about the company as well? Sure. Applicable is a, a hosting and managed service company. So we uh, we help customers run their IBM estates and Microsoft estates or any, any sort of estates, not classes. Um, uh, applicable uh, also kind of offer professional services to help people adopt new technology and uh, that's kind of what my role is I kind of help customers understand what technology is what their roadmaps might be and how to adopt it okay well it's it's generally what I do (laughs) wonderful it's great to have you on the call this week and thanks for taking time out to join us so um, let's kick off with with the big news of the week, which is Lotus Connections 3. It was announced, I believe, on Monday at a, a big conference out in the States. So, Suzanne, do you want to kick us off? What what was actually part of that announcement? Sure. Um, so Monday, which is actually not normal for us, we typically will announce on Tuesdays. But because we have the Enterprise 2.0 conference going on this week, um, we uh, actually made the announcement on Monday. And what that included is what's going to be uh, the major focus areas for Connections 3. We can finally officially call it Connections 3 uh, (laughs) since it's been publicly announced, which is great. Uh, In that release, the press release that went out on Monday, uh, we talked about a few different areas. Uh, One area is new features and capabilities, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, a little bit more uh, in your call Uh, Another area is a focus on the social everywhere aspects of connections. You may be aware that we have a strategy to try to bring social content into the tools that people use day to day. Finally, we talked about uh, new uh, services offering for uh, organizations to uh, get up to speed uh, and to develop their uh, programs for social software in their environment. Uh, and then finally, the press release also mentioned a few customers who have been using uh, Lotus Connections for some time and were part of our early program for 3.0 and some of the feedback that they had on Connections 3. Overall, it seems as though the feedback that we're getting has been fantastic, which we were uh, excited to see happening uh, on the press side and also uh, in the Twitter sphere. So we're psyched about this release. There also, the release uh, mentioned the date that we're going to be shipping connections, and that is uh, the 24th of November. Uh, now, as you guys may know, in the United States, we have a little holiday on the 25th called Thanksgiving. We're going to have something a little extra thankful for this year at our dinner tables with our families. We'll actually be able to join them, so that'll be good. <laughs> Just wonder how many connections engineers will be installing it on their systems on the 25th. I, I was just going to say that uh, we're hoping to have something ready for them. So, yeah, so you might have a bit of work for them. We will see. Um, so, Mac, do you want to take us through what were the the primary sort of uh, enhancements in version three over what what was there in 2.5? Yes, Stuart. There's uh, lots of enhancements actually, um, more than uh, I can imagine that we were able to jam in, into a year between our 2.5 and our our 3.0 release. Um, we've been working heavily um, to bring forward social analytics into connections, um, making sure that people can better build their network and uh, work through recommendations that come from the system. 
Um, we've done a lot around our community space that we have, um, allowing for the creation of sub-communities uh, for better and easier member management and the overall capabilities of um, being able to configure and, and work within their community space, like uh, adding in files and stuff like that. We've also expanded our mobile um, uh, offering, essentially offering more from connections to mobile platforms and also increasing where you see mobile, like uh, on iPads and also into the uh, Android interface. And uh, we've also introduced forums. So uh, we took the discussion forums that were part of communities in 2.5 and made them a standalone uh, top level service within connections, giving more flexibility about how users come together and chat and work uh, together. Also tons around uh, our extensions, making sure that uh, you can use uh, connections and bring social value to the applications in, in place today. So part of the social everywhere strategy uh, that Suzanne talked about. Um, so more outreach to Microsoft Office, to Lotus Notes, uh, to WebSphere Portal, and even Microsoft SharePoint. Um, aside from that, on the back end as well, we've done a lot as far as um, uh, putting in APIs around compliance and moderation, and just putting more fit and finish to the overall um, user interface, allowing for easier customization, uh, and uh, just, just a great interface to uh, help with the adoption and uh, the introduction of social software to the enterprise. One of the surprising areas that we received a lot of feedback in in 2.5 uh, is around helping end users adopt the tools. Uh, as you guys are, are probably well familiar with that at this point, and, and any of the listeners who aren't familiar with the services and connections can actually try them out on greenhouse.lotus.com. Uh, but we actually have a lot of services and connections, and they're all very rich. Uh, the wiki is a full-functioning wiki. Files has a lot of capabilities within it. The blog uh, is full-functioning. So there's, there's a lot of different capabilities. And one of the uh, pieces of feedback we heard pretty clearly uh, with the 2.5 release is that as organizations are moving from pilots into production, which is where we see more of the the percentage of our customers at these days is in that production zone. Um, what they're the kind of feedback that they're giving us is more around helping to get social software to all of their end users and help them understand very quickly how to pick up the technology and use the technology. And what we had seen as a trend from 2.5 to 3.0 is that a lot of organizations were. Uh, trying to put in programs in place to help do that. And what we learned from those programs is that we could actually do some uh, interesting things in the user experience of connections to help make that uh, transition to using social software uh, easier for people. So there's a couple features that we have focused on. One is an overall user experience. The navigation is much more streamlined. Um, the look and feel is much more streamlined. But we've embedded in a few places where you can actually get help as a first-time user. So the first thing you'll come to in Connections 3 is a getting started experience, which is completely tailored and customizable by uh, the actual customers themselves. And it includes some of the most common use cases as to why people would use social software. Uh, you know, we're sharing files. We're trying to create a, a, a group or a community for sharing information. Uh, we're trying to uh, build our networks. And it will actually give you some information as to how to do that. 
in addition, there's also videos in line in that getting started experience that show you how to get started very quickly. So you can imagine a first-time user with activities may not necessarily know the best way to get started or how to use the, the depth of the tool to accomplish their goals. The videos kind of help kickstart them in place. And in fact, once they're kind of done getting a handle on bits and pieces of information, they can uh, remove that as their first screen that is presented to them when they uh, log into Connections. Also, we have some of these in context to the user experience. So if you're a first-time user of communities, for example, you'll be presented with some getting started information right in context to the application. So it was um, it's an area where we wanted to spend some focus helping our customers get from that pilot into that production and do it more easily so their end users could actually learn what to do with the connection suite and how to best take advantage of all of the rich capabilities that it has. Suzanne, those that use Connections 3 will see that the, um, the user interface has changed quite a lot since 2.5. Can you tell me, will the other latest products be taking on that new UI as well? Yeah, in fact, if you are a member of Lotus Live, you'll see that Lotus Live has already started to take on the One UI, and other products are also planning to uh, move over to the new One UI. It's, it's actually an, a much more extensible UI for bringing our products together. So in the past, we've had our One UI has been focused on the experiences of our individual products and trying to have a, more of a common design across all of them. This UI is also focused on bringing them together. So if you're integrating products from multiple parts of the Lotus portfolio of experience will actually help you do that effectively than previous One UIs that we've had. So let, let me ask you a question. Is, is this the new One UI, I guess, two UI? <laughs> <laughs> it's One UI version 2.0. <laughs> okay. Actually, it's probably on its, uh, its third or fourth version. We've had uh, improvements that we've made to the UI. You, they're very subtle. You may not have noticed that the One UIs have been updated over time. Um, more refinement on the style sheets, um, better placement of navigation items. And those, um, those were a little bit more subtle because it was still part of the same kind of look and feel. This newer look and feel is a bit more visually different than the previous uh, One UIs, but it takes into account a much broader set of uh, content. Okay. Susan, this is Darren. Um, also, if you look at the previews of Project Vulcan, there's also uh, quite some similarities between the graphics in there and the new One UI as well. Yeah, I expect any, any new products or projects that are going to be happening will um, be looking to use the new One UI from, uh, from this point forward. And this is Mac, just to add one more thing. It's not just the Lotus team that's looking at One UI. Um, across IBM, we hear uh, software developers interested in moving their products uh, towards this uh, essentially style platform, allowing what Suzanne said, better integration between products. So um, great, great movement within IBM and Lotus and the whole. It's certainly something I've benefited from in terms of the customers I work with that have wanted a new theme for to suit their particular, you know, corporate colours and so on across the whole of the suite, across same time, quicker connections. And therefore, because you have the same one UI basis, it makes it very easy to do that, which is great. Um, Mac, it's, it's a very competitive segment, isn't it, this uh, social software area, seeing a lot of uh, innovation in it. How does Connections compare to the opposition? Is it something you, you come up against quite regularly? 
Um, yeah, so the social software in the enterprise is really taking off. And um, luckily with Connections, um, we have a very robust offering that helps us to lead in this market. Um, Connections is uh, essentially a product of over, uh, close to a decade, if not more, of uh, IBM R&D. These are tools that IBMers have been using in, in some part or another form um, to help each other better connect and find the right resources uh, within the IBM global sphere infrastructure. And it's been really helpful for us to, to take what we've learned internally and to bring that towards our customers. And we continue to innovate and uh, bring more out of our labs as quickly as we can and, and make them part of the product um, in a way that uh, allows us to, to deliver very robust options uh, for our users. So Connections is about um, the profiles, the people, and what they're producing within uh, the social network. We want to make sure that uh, they have every opportunity to define themselves and to share their work in all sorts of different facets, whether it be through blogs or wikis or in activities that they want to share. Um, we've seen that um, also our customers are looking for various amounts of ways to deploy the product. So uh, we've come up with uh, several different platform uh, supported systems whether you're running on Microsoft or AIX or Linux environments, um, we can make it uh, very easy uh, to deploy uh, Lotus connections into your existing platforms without having to take on uh, new architectures or development practices or anything like that. And um, Matt, I've got a question about that. Um, sure. Are you, are you saying that you're um, going to be creating some specific, for example, SharePoint artifacts? Yeah, actually, uh, so this seems like a very nice softball. But yes, yeah, so with the Lotus Connections 2.5, we actually delivered a plugin that would allow for connections to become part of SharePoint sites. So um, with this plugin, you can easily search profiles. You could have your tag cloud from connections be part of a um, SharePoint site via a web part. Um, and you can easily integrate in the business card offered through Lotus Connections profile. So as you're looking at a uh, SharePoint contributor, you can better understand the, the social context of who they are and quickly jump towards their blog or communities that they're participating in to better understand the context of who's contributing um, towards that site. Uh, we're taking this a step further with um, 3.0 and actually bringing uh, social, I mean, uh, SharePoint sites into Lotus Connections communities. So um, leveraging the SharePoint API, you could now deploy a widget into uh, your connections community that will show and give access to the documents that have been created within a SharePoint site. So there's no reason to uh, go off and uh, update your infrastructure or do a great deal of work to, to bring or try to bring social capabilities into SharePoint, where instead you can just uh, create the value of what's already stored in the, in the document repository but bring it into the social context of connections and have it be part of your community and allow your users and members to work through there. And, and just to be clear, it's not, it's not just IBM that thinks this is a good idea, right? The analysts are, are kind of impressed with this stuff. Yes, so uh, recently uh, Gartner had re has released their Magic Quadrant for enterprise social software and uh, IBM uh, for uh, on another year in a row has been placed in the leader quadrant. And actually, IDC released a report not that long ago, which showed that um, IBM is the uh, strongest enterprise social software suite in the market today. 
in terms of the number of seats, number of revenue, amount of revenue. And our uh, next competitors are quite a distance behind. So we were really excited to see these reports coming out to confirm uh, our position in the market and also to help get the word out there that IBM Social Software Suite is you know, truly one of the richest applications in the market today. That's great. And you mentioned earlier on, Suzanne, that uh, there were a number of customer case studies mentioned in the announcement. Do you want to run through what those are and what those customers are using connections for? Yeah, sure. In fact, we focused on three who are very different uh, in this particular release. And as you guys know, with each of the releases, we typically have um, some customers who are part of that. And in this set, they're they're very different from each other. One is Bare Material Science. Uh, you may be familiar with them. They're here, headquartered in Germany. Uh, and they're using connections to help improve the way that their employees will communicate with each other, um, the way that they collaborate and also process information, not just in Germany, but also globally. Uh, what they have come back to us with is saying that they can actually find more quickly people in the organization who specialize in specific areas of their business. Uh, so quickly being able to do a search for someone who may be uh, within a, a research function or being able to find someone who has familiarity with specific customer or case. And they can actually bring these people together quickly to collaborate on projects, uh, even though they may have coworkers who are located uh, in different parts of the organizational silo or even across different parts of the globe. Uh, and it's uh, it's great, actually. Uh, Kurt DeRue, who is the chief information offer at, officer at Bayer, uh, had mentioned in the um, press release a quote, the power of connections is that the knowledge sharing process is totally embedded in the tool. When a person adds a piece of information, it's automatically linked to the other information available uh, throughout the product. And we were really excited that he uh, came to us with such a great story of how Bayer is actually using the product Another extremely innovative organization is Semex. Uh, they're one of the uh, leading building materials companies worldwide. And they I've actually met with them several times over the last year. Their whole uh, approach right now is to create uh, a totally new innovative environment for their employees to work with each other, but also to reach out to um, contractors outside the organization. And they call their this internal environment shift. Uh, it's really a shift in the way that they work and the way that they work together. And, the, and shift is based on our, our Lotus Connections technology. So they follow other contractors and other colleagues in their network uh, and make better social connections with them. They create really amazing communities. They take all of the... Uh, customization capabilities that we enable with connections and utilize it to the max, uh, where inside these communities, they're working uh, together, they're sharing content, uh, they're utilizing all of our new services. And as you know, any of the connection services that is available to end users, activities, blogs, bookmarks, uh, feeds, forums, files, are all available for communities to leverage as well. What's really cool about their particular deployment is that it spread quickly and virally. So they had a couple hundred users on their pilot earlier this year. And today, in this particular time frame, they're up to 17,500 users. It, and it's been viral. They haven't uh, put out any major marketing release inside their organization yet. 
And that to me shows, you know, that they have a, an organization who's hungry to use this type of technology and who are um, jumping on board very quickly. And then there's, of course, one other customer who we've had um, with connections for a while, uh, Sujeti. They are a technology services organization, and they have about 20,000 people in 15 different countries. They use connections so that they can find experts who are located in different parts of the globe and bring them together for the right projects. Uh, they actually have also done a tremendous amount of integration with Microsoft Technologies, uh, where it really shows that we're not just focused on our own brand and our own organization for integration, as Mac talked about earlier. You know, we have done a tremendous amount of integration with products that are outside of our portfolio, including Microsoft uh, Outlook, Office, SharePoint. So it, it's a, a testament to how valuable the connections technology is in an environment uh, such as theirs. So we're excited that they joined us for the press release this time around, uh, and I expect to hear more from them. In fact, if you head over to our uh, team blog, Synchronous, you'll actually see the video that Semex posted uh, on how they're using connections, and you can uh, see directly from uh, their executives what, uh, what the power of the tool has been in their environment. I think there's something really notable about this launch this week, Suzanne, is the quality of the videos that have been produced. Because you've got one for each of the um, the case studies, and also a really good demo. I saw that, that I think you uh, yourself did, didn't you? A demo of uh, of Connections Three Yes, I did. Thank you. It was fun to do. There's also another set of videos as well that um, our uh, an internal uh, information development organization has produced, um, which I've also recently posted. Uh, actually, uh, myself and Luis Benitez posted to our blogs, so you can actually see uh, more in-depth demo videos uh, of each of the components and connections in addition to that overall demo video. Great, great. Okay. Um, and Suzanne, I think you need to head off, don't you, to a, to a meeting? I do. So it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and I, uh, I look forward to hearing any questions or comments folks have about the podcast or about connections in general. And we'll make sure we have a link to your team blog as well in the show notes. Thank you. You have a good day. You too. Thanks. And and so, Mac, I, I've been involved in this release all the way through the um, the beta uh, program. And it, it's it's been very interesting to see people's uh, sort of opinions that are existing Connections 2.5 users as to kind of what the key features are in 3.0 that will make it worth them upgrading. Do you want to take through, you know, take people through the process what's involved in upgrading and and you know do you, do you expect existing customers to upgrade pretty soon to 3.0 yes actually um surprisingly uh, our customers have been um anxious since uh, the 2.5 release to get the features that uh, <laughs> we have in 3.0 uh, uh, while we did offer a lot with 2.5 it's more and more and more all the time so um uh, many customers are looking uh, i guess they'll be doing it uh, right after their thanksgiving dinners to to jump straight to products and um, it should be uh, relatively easy for them. We've uh, included a new installer with connections. It's uh, better, faster, stronger. Includes uh, migration scripts to help you move your data and lay connections down uh, into your environment. So um, the upgrade process is uh, pretty easy. It's a, it's a seamless jump from uh, 2.5 to 3.0. So um, there's no need about uh, worry about data loss or anything like that. Uh, we have a new range of um, system requirements on the server end, so 
Uh, if you want to upgrade uh, your server technologies to maybe Windows 2008 or the latest version of uh, Linux, AIX, et cetera, you can do that. And also we're supporting um, WASP 7 with this release. So WebSphere Application 7 um, for those organizations that, that are looking to standardize on that um, for 2011. Um, just as an example of how um, well the upgrade goes, the greenhouse environment, uh, as you know, went to went to beta um, early on and has been um, running that for quite some time. And I talked to the team about their upgrade process and it took um, them essentially an evening uh, after they had done the staging and preparation to, to run through the scripts. And so um, it was uh, actually for them very easy uh, to take that, that massive um, infrastructure that they have and uh, migrate it to 3.0 uh, for the beta. And they'll be um, doing their upgrade uh, to, the, um, to the gold master uh, here shortly. Uh, and uh, as having previously worked with that team, uh, I know uh, they're very capable, but also very small. Uh, there's only two administrators essentially that run that one for the website and one for the data side. Uh, and so it didn't really take too much as far as resources um, with, and, and just had a good amount of planning uh, to make sure everything was staged and properly set. And, and like Stuart, I, I was involved in the beta early on. And, and I do want to say I'm, I'm very vocal when installers are a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, the, but the installers in, in Connections 3 make it a whole lot simpler to, to actually get up and running. Um, and that's that's been over the years. You know, I remember Connections 1.0, uh, it almost gave me a heart attack on several occasions. 2 and 2.5 were better, but 3 seems to have nailed the installer now. Yeah, we're using a uh, rational installation manager technology and um, it's, it seems to be working much better. And this again is another standard going across um, Lotus and IBM uh, to adopt this as a installer. So you're going to see it uh, become um, quite common. I think it was first introduced with same time 8.5. Yep, uh, it was. And uh, yeah, seems to be working well. And um, as you both said, you participated in the beta and are very vocal. So. I, I, <laughs> I do want to take the opportunity to thank you for that. As, uh, as you know, it's been fun for the past couple of weeks going through the beta program. Yeah, sometimes too vocal, I'm sure, for your benefit, <laughs> Mac. Um, so, Mark, you've also been involved in, in the beta, I know, uh, and you've yeah. got some sort of plans looking forward in terms of what Applicable are going to um, do with connections. So do you want to take us through those? Or, uh, I know you run it internally to help you run your business, but you also Absolutely, provide yeah. it as a service to your customers. So, so what's your plans? Correct. Well, well our, our plans are kind of centered around a, a, a key business problem we've had in, uh, in Applicable, which is uh, getting uh, connections past the IT shops uh, in our customers. Now, IT shops tend to be very conservative where, where new technology is uh, concerned. So uh, we're trying to figure out strategies to uh, work around that conservatism, uh, de-risk it, and also be able to approach line of business uh, departmental uh, managers with a product that they consume can consume easily so we're, we're kind of aiming at that that kind of market segment um and one, one of the one of the key things that we we found when we're talking to it people is that they see roadblocks they see uh, technical issues they see uh, adoption issues as well um, and they tend not to uh, fully appreciate uh, the ability within their business to adopt new technology like social social computing for example uh, they don't recognize the millennials in their organization already who use this technology on a consumer basis. Um, so bypassing them is, is a key strategy. And, and a technical issue that we, we've had to face is uh, 
being able to move away from directory and security services that they offer. So what we've tried to do is create a lightweight, uh, light touch hosted environment where you, uh, a customer can just give us a list of uh, users and passwords, we identify that for them. And uh, then they can have the connections experience through usually standard ports like port 80, 443, which is open. And uh, we can kind of configure it according to a departmental or even their corporate standards. We're trying to take a lot of the technical risks, the technical adoption issues away, and just leave the business with a tool that they can use. I, th uh, I think it's, it's key, isn't it, to give customers, um, you know, all the choices in terms of, you know, they can do it on-premise if they wish, they can put it out in the cloud with, with Lotus Live connections, or there's this sort of third way, which is this sort of private cloud, I guess it is, yeah. your building? I, and, that, and that is also a key element as well. A lot of organizations haven't actually figured out what their cloud strategy is, whether they do it or whether they don't do it. Usually they don't know. Um, so we need to be able to offer them a halfway house, as it were, so they can make the technology decision without making their technology strategy decision. Uh, and a hosted, uh, hosted option is good for that. And it, it's easily movable either to cloud or to uh, premise, if that's their technology strategy. So we're just trying to take out a lot of the big decisions and leave just the tiny little technical decisions. Make it easy to consume. Brilliant. And, and when are you hoping to go live with that? On the 25th, Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> okay, so, so you certainly won't be sitting down eating your turkey on no. the 25th. Excellent. <laughs> well, I look forward to, to hearing more about that as it goes live. So, uh, Dan Adams, um, we were obviously all talking about this social software stuff and, and it seems to be the flavour of the month at the moment. Does that mean the end of corporate email, do you think? Well, uh, we were having this conversation with a customer yesterday and everyone agreed around the table that uh, no one really likes getting email. They all get too much email. Uh, no one likes getting file attachments. And uh, they all recognise that outside of work, people are using less email less and less. And what people do outside of work then tends to, with a little bit of lag drive, what they do inside of work. Um, and I, you know, I, I mentioned to this group of customers yesterday and also you know, typically with other customers, you look at the notes client, for example, and look at what's going on in the sidebar and all the different things you're adding there, you can see a day when those type of things, especially like activities, which I think are a really strong element of connections, uh, that you could move that center stage and your email could almost be something that gets relegated to the sidebar. But there's so many other ways that people are collaborating. I mean, for example, Stuart, I don't think I've ever emailed you. Uh, certainly mm -hmm. in, the, in the last year or so, you know, we've, we've done everything via Twitter. That's how we know what we're doing, what's going on. Um, so you can... You can potentially see an a, a day when email gets relegated. I don't. I think it will be a long, long time before it disappears, but certainly it's on the relegation path. And I guess whatever happens to email, there's definitely a place for Lotus Notes in terms of bringing all those different types of collaboration together into the one client. Well, that's the great thing about Lotus Notes is that Lotus Notes is not just an email client. It's a client that is ready to start absorbing and, and, and using those new types of collaboration. I mean, it's already there. You know, it's just a matter of just almost just shuffling around the bits inside Notes um, and, you know, and putting the focus into what's their center stage rather than what's in the sidebar. Uh, it's, all, it's already ready. You know, if you compare it to some of the other tools on the market, which are predominantly focused around email, they're not ready to absorb that type of new uh, collaboration that, pe that people are ready for and are already using. So uh, I think we're in a really good position with Notes um, because it's, you know, it's so flexible and it's the flexibility that people are going to need in the future. And I think, that, again, when you look at what we, what's in the previews, previews of Project Vulcan, you can see that's going down exactly the right path because it's taking in all that type of collaboration. And sure, email is a part of it, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's, it's just one part of that collaboration. 
And and I think from a from a rollout standpoint, it's kind of interesting that Darren Adams brought that up. Is in in several customers, we've seen them try and roll out activities via full connections with all of the elements turned on. And I think that was somewhat overwhelming for the users. But when they rolled out activities through a sidebar, it was like a duck to water. I think, you know, notes allows us to maybe cut down the amount of information we're throwing at these people instantly because of the sidebar, exactly like Darren said. I would completely agree with that. I, I think it, it's yeah, it's all about horses for courses, isn't it? And finding the right context to to collaborate in. And and if if users are already spending a good amount of their time in their inbox, it makes sense to bring those other elements of collaboration all into that um, that you know interface you're already working with. Um, and I guess that brings us on to you know in terms of um, you know talking about the benefits of notes and making it clear to to both users and organisations what notes can do for them. Uh, there's a tremendous new site that I think Darren, you've had a, a very big part in uh, launching, which is the notesiscool.com site. Yeah, which went live a couple of weeks ago. Um, I spent a bit of time during the half term holidays putting it together, um, and I guess we sort of was under a little bit of pressure to put to to finish it by the end of the holiday because. I was aware that we're now in our fourth quarter, which is our busiest time of year. So um, I sort of wanted to get it out the door. Um, there's still a lot more to come and a lot more to be done, but I, the reaction's been fantastic so far. So where, where did the idea come from? Was it something that other people had mentioned to you was missing or you just saw a space where um, there wasn't being filled? I think it came from various directions. I mean, first of all, I was, I was sort of inspired uh, it's been something that's been on my mind, but then when I saw the um, the guys who put together the ilovelotusnotes.com site, that inspired me a bit further to get on with it. Um, there's been some things internally where, um, you know, we've got uh, 350,000 notes users in IBM, um, but I speak to some people sometimes who don't know some of some of the stuff that I've been using day in, day out for, for a few years, and, and they're just not aware of those things. Um, you know, things like live text. Um, even things like you know how you orient your mailbox, which is I find a little bit unbelievable that some people aren't aware of these things. But you know if they don't, if no one shows them, if they don't go digging for them, they don't get to see them. And you see, you know, people when you show them things like uh, live text, it recognises a name, and you click on the name and it goes to put someone's connections profile. The look on their face is just oh my god, because every day I, you know, get an email from someone I don't know. I cut their name out, I paste it into Blue Pages, which is our sort of corporate um, uh, version of, uh, of profiles, which preceded profiles. You know, and they do that loads of times a day. And if they can just, you know, shortcut that by just clicking on the name and it going straight there, that's, that's an incredible time saver. But there's loads of other things as well. So you start to show people live text, looking up a, a postcode and doing something with it. And, you know, the lights just go on. And it's really something that really gets them very keen on the product and, you know, drives forward their usage of it. And and I, I agree. I mean, things like ghosted calendar entries and not realizing you can retain ascending or descending column sorts in, in mail still really blows people away when you show it to them. Uh, but I, I, I like the site a lot. Uh, I think we gave it some coverage either last week or the week before. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting that we're getting you know, several fan sites. It, it's almost like notes is like Ashton Kutcher these days. <laughs> I'm all giddy and excited. I don't know what to do. Well, and I think actually, Darren, that's an important point about fan sites because uh, we know that for some people, you know, they don't always have a great experience with notes. Usually that's because they're running on a back version, you know, and so they look at, they look at a, a version. And again, the customer I was with yesterday, they're running version seven. Um, you know, and if you compare the look and feel and the usability of version seven 
version 8 and 8.5, there's a, there's a big, big difference. Um, you know, and so you can be left with the impression, oh, yeah, that notes have been left behind. If when you go into work, you're looking at a version that's been around for six years, and then you're comparing it with something else that you might see, which was released you know, very recently. Um, so that's the other thing, you know, it's to change that perception. I do hear people say that, oh, notes is old and clunky. Well, it's not. You're just out of date, I'm afraid. And you need to go and, you know, look at what is up to date. But we need to give some people a way of looking at what's up to date. And that's one of the things the site sets out to achieve. You mentioned you've had a good amount of feedback since the site went live. I wonder what have other IBMers made of it? Have you had any feedback from IBM Marketing? I did have a very interesting conversation with IBM Marketing where they actually said uh, or made the point, um, so is this the sort of marketing we ought to be doing? Is this what people actually want to see? Uh, and of course, my answer to that was, well, to be quite frank, yes, it is. Because, um, you know, it. Yes, yeah, sure. We have to we have to market and we have to address the the needs and the messages of the IT people because they've got a huge stake in notes. But in the last ten years, there's been a big shift in the in the sort of the the, the power base, if you like, um, because you know ten years ago, users weren't really qualified to make any decisions because they didn't know that much about IT. You know, they really should just be using the service they were given. Um, and you could argue now still that end users don't really get the big picture about integration and cost of ownership and you know, running the solution and upgrades and all these different things. However, they know what they like. Um, you know, they, they use computers at home. They're used to using different pieces of technology. Um, they're much more empowered these days to come into work and say, you know, I, I want these capabilities because that will help me. Um, so we really have to market to end users as well. Uh, and part of doing that is actually showing them what the product looks like, some of the cool things they might be missing, and basically getting them enthused about the product. So again, that's one of the things we've tried to do in the in the in the site. And you know, as I said, there's lots more to come. And and I think you've done a, a phenomenal job. Um, it looks it, it's it's a domino website, right? It's not a domino website at the moment, and that was something I knew I'd have to take on the chin, and I knew I'd have to address at some point. Um, purely and simply, uh, I've, I've had a, a, some hosted space with a, a UK provider for quite some time where dadams.co.uk has been hosted. Um, they support all sorts of things like WordPress. I'm, I'm very used to using WordPress. I could get it up and running really quickly. Uh, I found a theme that sort of suited what we wanted to do with the site, very plain and simple, um, with the, uh, the sort of thumbnails on the, on the, the home page. So I'm aware that it's not domino-based. There is a plan uh, that I've, I've concocted with a couple of business partners to, to move it to domino-based sometime in the future. Uh, as I said earlier on, it was just really a case of I just wanted to get it up and running quickly, and that, for me, was the easiest way to do it at that time. So ah. I know it's not domino-based, um, but that shouldn't really detract from the, the content, I think, that's there and, and the overall ethos of the site, I hope. I don't think it does, but I, I just presume because of a fave icon. I just scrolled down and I saw at the bottom it says a WordPress theme, but I just looked at the fave icon and presumed that's what it was. That was just something you can set up. So. <laughs> and the, the great thing with Domino Blog is it's very easy to take those WordPress themes and, and put them on Domino anyway. So um, it's, it's great that you're planning to do that in the future. I think it's good just to put that final tick in the box and, and you know make it fully Domino from, from front to back. It's great. Yeah. And, then in, and in other news, IBM has a marketing department. <laughs> and actually but actually I, I think it's been a good few weeks for for ibm marketing in many ways i mean we, yeah we've all had our issues with ibm marketing in the past but i i think what's been interesting about the connections announcement is how many videos there are how many useful sites there are for people to go to about connections you know we got this new site from darren so i i think it is coming together in terms of maybe not 
formal IBM marketing doing stuff, but actually, you know, through Skunk Works or, or other routes, we are starting to get the marketing we need around the products. That, that, well, that's what's interesting is we're kind of going backwards. It's, it's almost like the social revolution is happening in, inside of the, the yellow bubble. Uh, you know, we're, we're empowering ourselves. And now, as Darren just said, the marketing department came to him and asked, is this what we should be doing? So, you know, may, maybe maybe the worm has turned here and we're kind of practicing what we preach. We're doing it from, a, like you said, Stuart Skunk Works. I, I <clears throat> Sorry, Mac, you were going to come in? Uh, I was. I was just going to mention the point that uh, the marketing team has done a lot uh, to work, especially with our product management team, around the release for connections. Uh, the amount of planning in, that went in is uh, unprecedented that we've had with uh, our other releases. And it's been great to see and, and, and even hard for me uh, personally to keep up with everything that's been out there. Um, great, great stuff has come uh, and been highlighted by Luis Benitez. Um, uh, on his blog and his tweets and stuff, and uh, it's really just been fascinating to watch uh, Lotus kind of push this all out and, and do what I think is a great job of it. Um, and then also um, we see just uh, just more context around media and what people are asking for. So we've, we've certainly been listening and, and, and are trying to address the points that people need around the market to help them make the case for uh, Lotus software at their, at their organization. And that kind of brings us on to um, something that IBM has done centrally around the social side, which is the new Lotusphere social aggregator site went online just this week. That's at ibm.com slash social slash Lotusphere and, and seems to be planned to be the main sort of social gateway really through to Lotusphere. Um, so it's built on uh, the work that IBM did around Northstar and um, basically brings streaming video, replay video um, and, you know, amalgamation of all the tweets and blog posts about the Lotusphere subject all onto the one site and as somebody who's kind of wanted IBM to do more with, with the social side of Lotusphere, particularly for those that can't be there, I think it's a, it's a tremendous step forward. Darren, have, have you seen the aggregator? Uh, yes, I believe there was a few tweets backwards and forwards <laughs> about that yesterday. Um, so yeah, I, I, I went out there and like you said, I, I'm not sure if it's a North Star thing, but I think it was the aggregator that was used to push the North Star announcements out. So it, it's kind of good to see that, that coming across. And, uh, you know, we've all hoped for this for about at least five or six years. And my understanding is that some of the, some of the OGS may actually be streamed live this year, um, which, again, I think is something at the, at the revolt level we've been trying to uh, picket line and strike about, about for, for about a decade. And hopefully, you know, this is kind of where Google storming into the market has, has maybe helped because there's a lot of people, there's hundreds of thousands of people that don't get to Lotusphere and not being able to see, you know, keynotes or OGSs or even sessions for that matter for free online, I think seriously curtails uh, the, the marketing, which notes, Lotus Notes is cool, kind of e e exacerbates. Look, look what we're doing. Look what's here. Look what's coming, you know. Um, so I think the, the, the social aggregator, the Lotus Face social aggregator is probably the first big step in that. Yeah, I think this, the interesting thing about this is that I, I always remember what, what Paul Mooney was saying last year um, about Lotusphere, that um, he was using Lotus, uh, sorry, Twitter as a, as a sort of vehicle to arrange his Lotusphere because he was tuning in to people who were at Lotusphere and tags that are attuned to Lotusphere so that he could sort of use it to find out what was going on during the week. So it was a, a sort of good live tool to use uh, and basically find out what's going on. And here what you've got basically is an aggregation of things that are going on beforehand. 
Um, so it's sort of the same idea, but it's uh, it's obviously evolved from that type of mentality. So it's, I think it's a really good development. I do too. And, and Darren, you must see an awful lot of customers who can't afford to, to go to Lotusville. Maybe they send one or two people within their business, but can't send you know the rest of the team that look after Domino. And, and therefore, the idea of streaming has got to be popular, you would have thought. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we speak to so many people say, oh, yeah, I'd love to go, but I'm not even going to bother asking. Um, uh, or, you know, it's just a couple of people uh, and, you know, and then they're expected to come back and, you know, impart the knowledge, you know, five, five days worth of knowledge crammed into their heads where they're only they're only getting to hear about, you know, 10 percent of what's going on as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, really important. We should be able to update people afterwards. Um, I mean, after my experiences yesterday, I'm not very clean, uh, keen on getting on a plane myself ever again. But, um <laughs> You had the joys of Aberdeen Airport for several hours, I think, yesterday. Uh, Extremely bouncy flight coming back uh, because of the gale force winds. Um, Yeah, you know, so there's lots of reasons why you can't travel, you know. And again, if we have snow like we had last year, um, that's going to be another uh, spanner in the works. So, yeah, anything that allows people to pick up the information uh, during the week or after uh, has just got to be a really good thing and just, you know, adds to the value of the whole event, I think, if you can't be there. Um, then you can still do it in that sort of almost virtual way. And just a point of clarification, I blogged about this yesterday. Um, just to confirm that LS11 is the hashtag to use for Lotusphere. Um, LS2011 is used by another conference altogether, which also happens to happen at Walt Disney World, but is, is later on in the year. So if you're blogging or tweeting about Lotusphere, then make sure you put LS11 on those uh, posts. That's that br- we can trend it. Yes, indeed. So everybody can see what's what's going on at Lotusphere and, and exactly. how big a deal it is. So, Matt, earlier on, you mentioned um, this new thing of social everywhere, which seems to be sort of a uh, a campaign almost that IBM is embarking on in in terms of of taking social into all parts of its business and all parts of its uh, you know, customers' businesses, really. Um, and uh, it, it's also something that's been blogged about a lot on the Synchronous blog um, as well. So do you want to take people through, so what, what's your feeling about social everywhere? Do you, do you see this as a big thing going forward? Oh, absolutely. Um, this started and, and essentially in where we saw how we could uh, better deliver social capabilities to the, again, the applications that people are using today. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we're able to um, help companies be successful and to allow their people to interconnect and, and to build trust, uh, but not have that happen in a, in a single web UI, but essentially to allow them to reach out and um, to, to deliver and find results within the applications that they're working in in a social context. Um, so we saw a great announcement around um, Cognos uh, and their integration with Lotus Connections and essentially allowing people to interact through the information that they're uh, developing and collaborate with peers um, and essentially the Cognos model. Uh, but looking back towards uh, connections and activities in this example um, to better drive um, the work that they're doing. Um, we also see this and the adoption of uh, connections into um, to some of our other applications and services as well. So I mentioned our integration with WebSphere Portal. Uh, we have the IBM Customer Experience Suite um, that was delivered through Webster Portal 7. That includes that and some tight integration with Lotus Connections there. Um, uh, IBM Global Business Services is doing much more as far as bringing uh, social services uh, to help organizations become more aware of uh, social capabilities and how they can take advantage of uh, social in, in their enterprises. Um, we see more with our integration with uh, Microsoft Technologies as far as working in Outlook or an Office or in SharePoint 
making sure that, uh, again, we're taking advantage of where people work and just delivering um, the best that we can uh, to them to help them uh, understand who's contributing and what information is out there. And there's just so many different facets of this that the connections architecture um, allows for because of our um, open Atom API and um, our modular deployment model. It's very easy to bring connections into all these different areas and more. So we're, we're sitting well um, to, for growth and to allow for other applications to easily take advantage of the social value delivered by connections. Okay, and, and as we move forward towards Vulkan, I guess that, that social is going to come into sort of all parts of the Lotus portfolio and, and I guess the wider IBM portfolio as well. Darren, you, you get in front of an awful lot of customers, I guess, in your sort of um, you know weekly or, or daily job. Um, are you being asked about social by a good number of customers? Is, is it beginning to sort of be a, a fact of business now rather than something that people are talking about for the future? Uh, so I'm not sure that people so much come from it from the point of view of, you know, this is a social tool, we should look at it. Um, it's more from a point of view of, uh, we need to know more about what's going on in an organization. We need to help people connect more quickly. We need to find, you know, the, the corporate knowledge, basically. So they don't always go into that angle associating it with social. It just so happens to be that that's, those capabilities are within our, our social software portfolio. Um, but, it, you know, I think there's a, a big recognition that, you know, and again, I mentioned earlier on about people you know, starting to sort of drop drop the email a little bit and to look at what else they can do in terms of things like file sharing and people using blogs and wikis. Um, and, and one of the big elements I found, actually, when you go into customers who uh, are either trialing connections or they've already deployed it, is around communities. The communities, by far, is the strongest aspect. So although they're doing things like sharing files and doing wikis and so forth uh, in their own right, a lot of the activity tends to be in the context of a community. Um, and that's where really where we're seeing the the real big interest. Mark, how about you? You know, clearly applicable at uh, moving towards the social space with your use of connections internally. Um, you know, what do you think of this of this sort of campaign that IBM are embarking on? Do you think it's something that your more traditional customers are, are gonna are gonna see value from, or or do you think it, it risks uh, sort of alienating them in some ways if they see themselves more as a traditional business who just use email, don't really collaborate in in social ways? I think you need to pick your audience carefully uh, for a marketing campaign of this type. I kind of touched on um, my concerns about going into our traditional route through the IT shop. Um, the IT tends to be very, as I said earlier, conservative, risk averse. They tend to see roadblocks rather than opportunities. If you get outside the IT shop, you can very quickly uh, uncover an unpent, un, un, um, unrequited uh, demand within the user base. And that's largely because over the past uh, decade, IT use has changed at home. Uh, so people understand the tools and they understand the benefits. Unfortunately, that hasn't translated to IT management. IT management still uh, are very focused on large uh, capital investment uh, and making sure that they're running a, an efficient operation with as little downtime as possible. And that's kind of their mission. And they see uh, social software as a, a disruption. Uh, it's more of a disruptive technology. And I guess the, the, the goal uh, for any marketing campaign for IT would be to, uh, yes, talk about the benefits, but also talk about how it can be implemented uh, in a cost-effective and safe fashion with appropriate governance. At Applicable, we've kind of started developing a bit of a, uh, a conversation with IT, but also other uh, business type 
business leader types within uh, within customers. We call it kind of our collaboration maturity uh, model. And I know applicable, um, uh, IBM have uh, a model, uh, same name as, as well. Uh, but we've, we've kind of focused on um, not on the technical adoption, but on how you can get uh, the business uh, leaders to adopt and then drive uh, drive adoption themselves. So we've kind of identified five focus areas. Uh, and each of those focus areas is really uh, a conversation with a different role within the business. Uh, so we kind of start with uh, a HR type role. And we think, well, what do they want to hear about technology and how it can help them? And I guess it's aiding communication and making sure that users aren't alienated and they have the tools they need to do the job. And then you've got the IT conversation, a traditional conversation, which is all about management of IT and making sure that it works and making sure that it doesn't fail. And you move on to marketing and to sales and finally to governance. And governance is all about it's coming back full circle to HR as well, which is making sure you protect your users from themselves and protect your business from yourselves as well. So we kind of we've kind of tried to structure the conversation in a more um, specific way, but also allowing us to have different conversations with different people, uh, and hopefully, hopefully get some traction. I'm sure you will do. It sounds like a, an interesting take. I look forward to reading more about that, maybe on your blog or, or you know yeah. what comes up this year. So um. <laughs> Great. So, so yeah, just moving on to a couple of, of small pieces of news to to finish off the uh, the news list with. What one is Lotus Foundations and Darren uh, Duke? We spoke about this last week in that the um, appliance has been withdrawn from marketing. It's been a, a good number of blog posts in the uh, Planet Lotus space this week around um, you know what that really means for foundations. And and then Ed Brill blogged about it a couple of days ago, I guess. Are you any clearer as to what that means for foundations? <laughs> If if the connections free release and the Lotus Notes is cool, is is IBM at its best? The, the <laughs> Lotus Foundation's withdrawal notices, there's been multiple notices, is is probably at its worst. Um, I am thoroughly confused uh, with with this amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. There is little reason for Microsoft or Google to even get involved in the situation. IBM are managing to do a phenomenal job of shooting themselves in the foot. Um, a lot of people, and I'm, I, I was one of the original Lotus Foundation's business partners when, when they bought Nidix. You know, we, we've had, to my knowledge, I've not seen one email from, from anybody in the Foundation's team or whatever it's morphed into now saying, this is the future direction, these are the decisions we're making, and these are why we're making them. And, and I think there's a lot of specifically... Lotus Domino business partners have invested, if not a massive time and amount of money, but but some time and money in this product line, which just two years ago was the next bee's knees, and and now it's kind of gone. I think it's it, it's communication at its absolute worst. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about what why does why why do we think the appliance went, and the comment came something like this because I'm, I'm a big fan of the integrated disk backup i think it was a phenomenal product that just yeah. that one piece and someone said to me well but they also have tivoli which kind of struck a nerve and you know looking at the grand scheme of things i i could see that one that one comment at least in my mind told me why why it was gone 
It's so hard, isn't it? Because with, without any concrete information, as you say, from the Federation's team, it's it's hard to, to put a definitive kind of answer on why they've done it, you know, and, and, and that sort of culture of silence, really, that, that's come since this announcement was made isn't helping anybody because there has been so much speculation um, in the blogosphere and, and on Twitter and so on as, as to what's going on. And, um, you know, I, I just... Ed, Ed's post is kind of interesting because he almost says, um, you know, I'm, I'm in an internal discussion to find out more, but this should help set some things straight. But he doesn't have the definitive answer himself. And as one of the VPs for Lotus, it's kind of interesting that he doesn't have the information. We as partners in the foundation space don't have the information and therefore it's hard to know what plans we should make from this point forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. Even if you go back and look at the release letters that we got, we got one probably about two or three months ago when the hardware was was getting end of life. And then there was a one came out a couple of weeks ago, which I haven't really looked at yet, but you know, it looks like it was a software piece. But even when you look at the release, the announcement letters for the end of life, they're even kind of confusing themselves. And, you know, I think that's where all of this stems from. You know, you just got on a planet of Lotus and probably at least one in every five posts right now is, is about foundations. Mm. And it's it would be nice if we had this kind of publicity when foundations <laughs> was actually a live product. Um, we never seem to get that. Uh, but, you know, the, the inverse is also true is, you know, like you said, that this code of silence. And it may be that no one knows. It might be that the foundations team has been so dismantled inside of IBM that maybe no one knows. Oh, well, well, we'll put out this request, as many others have, for more clarification from the team involved, and hopefully something will come up. I have to say, if, if something doesn't get said fairly authoritatively over the next couple of weeks, then it's only going to get worse. So hopefully we'll uh, get to see something in that space. And lastly, to finish on a very bit of po- uh, a very big piece of positive news, um, a previous guest on this podcast, Luis Suarez, was announced to be the Evangelist of the Year by Enterprise 2.0, the conference out in Santa Clara. So many congratulations to Luis. I know he does a fabulous job inside IBM evangelising about social software and uh, connections specifically. So it's great that he's been rewarded by this sort of industry body as well. Absolutely, and he's a very uh, he's a very worthy adversary when you play him uh, words with friends as well. I have to say, no, he's uh, it's always always an enjoyable open game with him. He's very gung ho in his approach and uh, makes a good game. But yeah, I think it's a great recognition of the work he does and uh, the approach he takes, which is very, as you say, evangelical. Uh, you know, it's it's what we all should be aiming for. Absolutely right. So uh, yeah, yeah. Go on, I would Max. just add. Yes, yeah, sorry, thank you. I would just add, uh, Luis is a friend of mine, and he's very, uh, outside of being an evangelist, it's just personality. He's very warm, compassionate, and friendly, and uh, he speaks with a great lot of, lot of zeal for social software, and especially uh, to my benefit for Lotus Connections, and uh, we really appreciate everything he does at IBM. So congratulations, Luis, and look forward to speaking to you on the podcast again in the near future. So that brings us to the end of our news list for this week. So let's move on to our tips. As usual, we ask every panellist that comes on the show just to come up with a tip. It might be a site, a product, an event, or something that they wish to tell you, the listener, about. So Darren Duke, do you want to start off this week? Yeah, I have two. Um, This coming Friday of the 19th, not recording day today, but the next Twill recording day of the 19th, uh, the Ed Brill will be presenting at the Atlanta Lotus User Group uh, in, obviously, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, it'll be a, probably a well-attended event. Registration is required uh, because IBM do provide food for lunch. 
Um, and this week, this this month, or actually this quarter, it's a completely different day. It's usually on the Thursday, uh, but because of scheduling conflicts and uh, Ed is jet-setting around the world right now, um, it's going to be on Friday the 19th, not Thursday the 18th. Uh, details are not yet on my blog, but they will be, be uh, before the end of business today. So you have to register the registration details to be on the blog. And then from a... Uh, technical standpoint, um, I've been doing a lot of uh, domino performance tuning of late um, to see where we're having bottlenecks on that kind of stuff. And I found a tool called MRTG called the Multi Router Traffic Grapher. Try saying that after 14 <laughs> Guinnesses, um, which is a really kind of cool tool. It, it uses SNMP to go and, uh, you know, create long term and short term graphs of a traffic flowing through servers, switches, routers, etc. And we were able to prove that Domino was not the problem. <laughs> Excellent. Can I just say, you've been in America far too long, Darren. It's a router. Oh, ra router. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. it, it took me about five days. Too, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It took, it took me about five days to change that word because everyone would look at me like a, a dog. You know, when, you, when you do a high-pitched whistle and the dog tilts its head to the side, that's what the Americans used to look at me like. Okay. Thank you very much for your tip, Dan. Much appreciated. And Mac, what's your tip for this week? Um, so as with anything, um, take small bites, especially around the adoption of social software. Um, I think uh, Connections has done a great job in making it easy to, to take advantage of um, all of our social offerings, whether it's through your mobile device or through interfaces like um, Lotus Notes and the Activities plugin, or through our Office plugins, or where you might see it in the context of your portal. Um, we essentially um, want to make it easy uh, to get into social software. And there's so many tools and uh, vehicles today to do that. And um, obviously, our suite um, offers a, a vast range of capabilities, but you don't have to take them all at once. So. Um, it, it's not saying that you need to start a blog, but maybe you could just start to update your status every once in a while on a weekly basis. And you'll find um, that the more you do it uh, in these smaller intervals, uh, the quicker it becomes part of your uh, overall work and the way that you collaborate uh, methodologies. So um, again, good advice for just about anything, but uh, start small and um, I, I guarantee it'll take off and have a benefit to you and, and everybody else at your organization. Yeah, great tip there. And I've seen that work in various different ways with the organisations I work with. Um, so, yeah, tremendous tip. And Darren Adams, what's your tip? Uh, well, my tip is not so much of a tip as just um, a, uh, a request that you can feel free to email me if you've got any content suggestions for uh, notuscool.com. Um, so, yeah, um, if you want to email me at darren at dadams.co.uk, um, then, you know, any suggestions for what else we can put on uh, notuscool.com in terms of great functionality or tips. I've already had quite a few comments from people saying, you know, I didn't know you could do that. Um, so that's the sort of thing we want to be putting on there. You know, those, those nice little nuggets that you can pick up uh, that people can use. Um, hopefully something that we can nicely illustrate with a screenshot so that people can see what it looks like. So, um, and keep coming back because we've got loads of other things lined up to put on there. It's just a matter of time and getting through all those things. So uh, that's, sort of, that's sort of my tip. Okay, tremendous. And, and we've got your email address and so on in the show notes so people should be able to get hold of you. And Mark, what's your tip? Anyone but IT should drive social computing initiatives, which is kind of, um, uh, I've been banging on about that in the previous couple of points. Um, the, 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 the kind of the, 
one of the key, uh, I think, uh, lessons that we've learned uh, talking to customers is that they need to see business benefit really quickly. And if IT launch a massive uh, initiative to implement a solution and then drive adoption, it tends to take too long. Um, people lose sight of what their initial mission was. So getting, getting it in small, which I think Matt touched on earlier, but also getting it focused. One particularly good idea that we came across within a customer, it wasn't our idea, unfortunately, um, uh, in, in a customer of ours recently, was um, based along the same ideas of uh, the idea jam. Uh, so finding a business problem that you want to resolve or a question you want to answer, and then chucking the question open to a, a bunch of users that you're trying to drive adoption into, and just seeing what happens. Uh, that, that was a really uh, informative and very useful way of uh, approaching adoption. So that was, but that's the key fact, it wasn't IT that drove it. That was a marketing department in that case, and they were looking for a new name for their business. So anyone but IT should drive social I would completely agree with that. And in any way, in many ways, IT is is the biggest barrier for social uh, adoption in, in many organisations because that they're, they're worried about security or manageability or whatever. And, and actually, once you get the social software in, it's amazing how quickly you can get them on board. So, great tip. Thank thank you very much for that. And my tip for this week is a accessory uh, for um, your laptop. It's a spec uh, unibody um, case for the MacBook Pro. Um, I've just got myself a, a new um, MacBook Pro 17-inch and wanted to make sure it doesn't get scratched like my previous one. And this is a tremendous little case that comes in two parts of um, either see-through or black uh, plastic that just snap onto the outside of the case of the MacBook Pro um, and provide a really good barrier to, um, to any damage to to the machine uh, it's pretty uh, reasonable price i think 20 uh, sorry 35 pounds in the uk uh, on amazon um, and i think probably about 40 dollars in the us we'll have links to both those in the show notes um just a a, a really nice way of, of making sure you you keep your machine in tip-top uh, condition so that's my tip for this week thank you to all of you for yours uh, we'll just quickly go around the table one more time just to ask what's the easiest way of people getting hold of you guys uh, during the week so let's start off with darren duke what's your what's your contact details blog.darrenduke.net uh, for all things technology related and on twitter darren duke all one word okay and mac how do people find you um i have a, a great named uh, uh web page at www.macgadera.net um also my twitter account is mac gadera and uh, gadera is spelled g-u-i-d-e-r-a and there is no k in the word mac <laughs> tremendous okay we've got links in the show notes to, to both those sites i have to say i, I do envy your um i get i guess it's a unique name i said you don't find any other macadaras on the net so you've got all those domains sorted out so uh good stuff and darren adams how do people find you um so i can be found by my uh usual blog which is uh dadams.co.uk uh, and also on twitter uh, my name is darren j adams all one word so uh, people can contact me Tremendous, thank you. And Mark Dixon, how do people find you? Uh, Twitter at Cypher, uh, C1PHER. Wonderful stuff. And uh, I'm Stuart McIntyre, and this was This Week in Lotus. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed listening, and we'll be back for another episode next week. Till then, have a great time. Bye. Thanks, bye. Cheers, guys. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.